good morning. It's good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad that you're here with us. And it's good for us to be back with you. We missed Wednesday night. We've been in Pennsylvania. And so uh, we just got back last night. And so we're glad to be able to be with you as well. We continue our series today on lessons learned from marriages of the Bible. We've studied several marriages, and today's lesson is one of particular interest to me. I think almost everybody has a favorite book of the Bible. Maybe it's one of the Gospels, maybe it's Acts, or uh, maybe Genesis, or something from the Old Testament. I think my favorite book is Hosea. And our story for today is on Hosea and Gomer. The story of Hosea and Gomer. A story of love and forgiveness. Now, the book of Hosea has a double meaning to it. It is the story of a man who marries an adulterous woman. And though she sins against him, he is forgiving and brings her back home. And it is also the story of a loving God who, though his people sin against him is forgiving and loves them despite their sins, and in particularly Israel, and how they sinned against God. They committed adultery against God. They had broken His covenant with them. And yet He still loved them. And so we see it as a story of redemption. Now the focus of this lesson, however, is unlike any that I've ever done before, we're going to focus specifically on the marriage of Hosea and Gomer. We're going to look today at their lives together, their journey into parenthood, and the love that Hosea held for Gomer despite her sins against him. Most of the book of Hosea goes into the other meaning as far as God's relationship with Israel. We're going to focus today on just the marriage of Hosea and Gomer. Now their marriage and relationship is one that we can learn from. And in particularly the things that we see here, acceptance, love, repentance, forgiveness, all these things are important. And those are the things that we're going to look at today in their marriage. We begin chapter 1. The Word of the Lord. First, the first thing that we read here is the command that God gives to Hosea. Hosea chapter 1 and verse 2. When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry. For the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. Hosea was a prophet of God. Many prophets simply shared the, with the people what they had been told by the Lord. But Hosea was different. In like manner to Ezekiel, we see that Hosea acted out the words of the Lord in his life. He shared the words of the Lord with the people. But he also lived his message and his life and in the sight of the people that he was preaching to. He, he was an example to them of what he was saying. 
But one of the, the first things that we find here is in regard to the home of Hosea and Gomer. Picking up with verse 3 of chapter 1, we read this. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel. Verse 6, And she conceived again and bore a daughter. Then God said to him, Call her name lo Ruhamah. And in verse 8, Now when she had weaned lo Ruhamah, she conceived and bore a son. Then God said, Call his name lo Ami. Now each child's name was given to them by God with a meaning and message for the people of Israel. Something that I found interesting in studying for this lesson, it is suggested in the Benson commentary that the latter two children may not have been Hosea's, possibly conceived in Gomer's adulterous relationship. And there's evidence that they give for that also. Particularly in verse 3, it says that Gomer bore him a son. But in verses 6 and 8, it says only that she conceived and bore, not to whom she bore them. And another note is that the meanings behind the births of the second and, and third children uh, would also give reference to that, possibly. Lorahama means unpitied. It is a female and weaker in the flesh than her older brother, symbolizing the weakened state of Israel. And Loami, though a male child, is given a name meaning, not my people. In verse 9 it says, that God said, call his name Loami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. After Lorahama had been weaned, Israel, fully warned by God, his representation there, Loami was born. And when it comes to Loami being born, it's to the point where God is telling Israel, You are not my people. Now that, that's in speculation, so don't take that as, as full truth there. But it is something of interest in regard to Hosea and to his children. God's word also came to Hosea regarding Gomer's adultery. He was not to leave her in her current condition. In Hosea chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, we read this. Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. Verse 2, So I bought her for myself for fifteen shekels of silver, and one and one-half homers of barley. And I said to her, 
You shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So too will I be toward you. Hosea was to love her despite her adultery and sin. When we look at marriages today, and especially those that are affected by uh, one spouse committing adultery against the other, we see that, that marriages are torn apart. Most of the time they end, although now and again we do find those that survive. And Jesus, even in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 9, gave reference to that as the only reason, the only biblical reason for divorce. We'll talk about that later. But Hosea wasn't to put her away. He was to love her despite her sin against him. Hosea went as far as purchasing his right to bring her home out of slavery. And she was eventually restored to her former place in their home as his wife, as the mother of their children. And in telling her to stay, he does not leave himself without condition here. As she was faithful to him, he promised to remain faithful to her. And this is the same promise that is made in almost every marriage ceremony, all of them that I know of, even today. It's the same promise that we make to each other. And no matter what, that we will not allow anything to separate us until death. Not sickness, not poorness, not anything that we might face together as spouses. We promise to remain faithful to one another. And that's the same promise that Hosea makes to this woman who'd already proved that she had been unfaithful. But he made this promise to her that as she was faithful to him, so he would be toward her. Though the rest of the book of Hosea is devoted to the meaning behind the marriage, there are some lessons to be learned from the physical marriage of Hosea and Gomer. We'll spend the rest of our time today with those, those lessons. We look here and we find love and forgiveness as, as the ultimate messages in this lesson. We start with love. The love that Hosea had for Gomer. You see, Hosea was to love Gomer to the fullest. Despite her past and even present sins against him. He was to love her without condition. As we are to love our spouses. 
1 Corinthians chapter 13 can be applied to various different relationships that we have in regard to love. And it's probably one of the best definitions of love that we have in Scripture. But it applies very well in marriage. And I want us to notice a few things out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning with verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. I want to look at some of these in particularly in reference to the relationship of Hosea and Gomer. Love suffers long and is kind. We see these evidenced in their relationship, in their marriage, and especially on Hosea's part. Hosea suffered with Gomer. She sinned against them. She committed adultery against them. And yet, he suffered long with her. He still loved her. And that's what love is all about. It's a great lesson for us because that's how we are to be toward one another in our own marriages. We are to suffer long with one another. And it may not be anything as serious as adultery. But how many of you would admit that your spouse has faults? I admit it. I have faults, and I realize that. And one of the things that we realize as we get into our marriages is that each other has faults. There are certain things that we have to deal with. I think even just looking at ourselves, we understand that maybe we're not completely perfect for one another, if you will. But we suffer long with one another. We are kind to one another. And there are going to be arguments, there are going to be uh, disagreements within the marriage that's inevitable. But suffer long with your spouse. And be kind. Another one that stands out in this lesson is that love does not seek its own. Now Hosea, he could have sought his own. He could have sought more for himself than he did Gomer. But when she had given her life to this sin of adultery and she had, had gotten so deep that she ended up being owned by someone else. Well, see, he still loved her. And he sought her interest rather than his own. Now, it would have been easy for him to say, you did this to yourself. This is the consequence of your actions. 
And this is what you have to, to suffer through. This is what you have to deal with now. But he didn't seek his own. He sought her best interest. He bought her back. He redeemed the one who had once been his wife. And still was. And he restored her to his place. Or to her place in their marriage. But he did not seek his own. Another definition that stands out is love thinks no evil. Even though she had done evil against him, she had sinned against him. That was not his first thought. He wanted to redeem her. God told him to and he did it. But he did not hold this sin against her. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. And he certainly didn't rejoice in her sin. But he did bring her back. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And love endures all things. And his love for Gomer, I believe her love for him as well, helped them to certainly endure everything that they had faced together. And finally, in verse 8, love never fails. Love never fails. Because Hosea loved Gomer their relationship was restored. Their marriage was restored to what it once was. As their love for one another was to see them through the most difficult times in their marriage, so it can see us through the most difficult times in our own. And we have different hardships that we face, not only as individuals, but as married couples. With our spouses, we have different things that we face together. Different obstacles. And yet, love can see us through. It's a love that is not a simple looking at someone and falling in love with them. It's something that we have to teach ourselves. It's something that we have to learn. We have to learn to love them. And as the years go by, we learn to love them deeper. And love will see us through whatever we may face together. Another lesson that we learn is that of forgiveness. Forgiveness is important in a marriage. Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 and 22 then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. This applies in our worldly relationships as well as it does within our marriages. But especially, especially when it comes to marriage. 
We need to have a forgiving attitude. That no matter what our spouse has done, that we are willing to forgive. No matter how many times they've done it, we are willing to forgive. Forgiveness is important. That resilience is needed within the marriage. Hosea was the embodiment of forgiveness. Though Gomer did nothing to deserve it. Though we are not told how many times or with how many men Gomer sinned against Hosea in adultery, he still forgave her. And he didn't count them. Hosea offered his forgiveness and it appears that Gomer accepted by returning to the home of her husband and children. He was willing to forgive her her sins against him. And though their marriage was far from perfect, it was resilient enough to survive. It survived a rocky beginning even in Gomer's past shortcomings, even before she came into the marriage. Their marriage was resilient enough to survive children possibly being born outside of that marriage. Again, we don't know that to be fact, but it is an interesting possibility. It survived scandalous behavior, lying, unexplained absence, and ultimately adultery. Things that are sure to doom any marriage, and yet their marriage was able to survive. It takes special people, a special marriage, to survive the things that, that plagued Hosea and Gomer, and they were very special people in that regard especially Hosea. Hosea serving as the faithful and forgiving husband. And then Gomer, the, the sinful spouse, accepting Hosea's mercy and grace and putting her past behind her and committing to their future. Those are some wonderful lessons that we can learn to apply to our own marriages. Love and forgiveness. No matter what may have happened or may be happening in your own marriage, much can be learned from the marriage of Hosea and Gomer. First of all, love your spouse with a love that never fails. And there are things that are difficult for a marriage to survive, but never impossible. One of the ones that comes to mind is abuse. I've known people in abusive relationships and it never, it never seems to end well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11, we're told this about marriage. Now to the married I command, yet not I but the Lord. A wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. A spouse is given provision to leave the marriage if necessary, but to remain unmarried if leaving is necessary. 
And the bond of marriage was not designed to be broken, but for the vows to be kept as promised. And certainly in this case, that would be the, the option there in marriage in regard to abuse. To remain unmarried. But hopefully that marriage can be reconciled. And that's what we would hope for. In cases of adultery, we're told this in Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 9. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. In verse 7 they said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And, say, and I say to you, verse 9, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. Only for the cause of fornication or sexual immorality may the innocent spouse remarry. Those are important teachings. But again, that doesn't have to be the end of the marriage. I've seen marriages that have survived such difficult circumstances. Hosea and Gomer are a good example of that as well. And finally, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a wonderful lesson that we can learn for our marriages. Even in cases of abuse or adultery, a marriage can still be reconciled through the power of forgiveness. Reconciliation also requires unconditional love. That's the kind of love that we should have toward our spouses. Without love behind it, true forgiveness. Forgiveness that no longer places blame is not possible. Making reconciliation difficult at best. Marriage vows were not meant to be broken. But as we see in the case of Homer, or, or Gomer and Hosea, as we see in their marriage, as we see their relationship with one another, we see that their marriage survived even after. They had a great love toward one another, and that's the way God wanted them to be. They were an example to Israel. They were an example of God's own love toward His children. And it's an example of God's love toward us today. 
You see, when we look at their relationship, we're reminded of God's love for His people in the Old Testament. But we're also reminded of God's love toward His people today. Love that eventually sent His own Son to the cross to suffer and die for the sins of God's people. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 was referred to often as the golden text of the Bible. God loved us so much that He is willing to sacrifice the life of His Son on our behalf. Just as we see love and forgiveness as important lessons in Hosea and Gomer, we see it as important lessons for us today. I don't know what your life is like. I don't know where your heart is. I don't know your relationship with Christ. If you've not given your life to, to Him in obedience and baptism for the mission of sins, be glad to take care of that need for you. But if you need to come back, if you need to return to God, if you need to be reconciled to Him, there's no greater message that we can, can preach. God loves you. God will forgive you, whatever you may have done. If you need to rededicate your life to Him, Renewing your vows, if you will. If you need to ask for forgiveness, if you need to ask for prayer on your behalf, if that's something that you need today, if there's something that we as the church can help you with, as your brothers and sisters in Christ, please allow us to do so. Please come. Let's together we stand as we sing.